Hey everyone, you're listening to Everybody's Story, and thanks for being here. I'm your host, Emily Micus, and today I'm sharing my interview with Elizabeth McDonald. As an older adult, Elizabeth provides a different perspective to the guests we've had on the podcast so far. Personally, I always love hearing from someone who's lived more life than me. Elizabeth has been dancing her entire life and has experienced its countless benefits, socially, mentally, and physically. She is such a thoughtful, intelligent person, and she has some really lovely thoughts about the world. So whether or not you dance, I think you'll love hearing her story. Before we get into the episode, remember, if you're enjoying the podcast, please continue to follow, rate, review, and share it. Go on, it only takes a second to follow us on Instagram at Everybody's Podcast, follow us on Spotify, or give a quick rating on Apple Podcasts, and it would really help me out. Plus, keep sending me feedback. If there's something you want to hear about or someone you would love to have on the show, let me know. So listen on for my chat with Elizabeth, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, back to the podcast. I'm here today with Elizabeth McDonald. She is a writer, dancer, teacher, and researcher. She spent her career in government and corporate communications and now has her own consulting firm, where she specializes in writing for the not-for-profit sector. She also does some really interesting work in the field of dance for older adults, which I'm really excited to hear more about. And she's currently researching slash writing a book on Highland dance in Nova Scotia. And she herself lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And welcome, Elizabeth. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you. And we actually met in Montreal um, last year at a sort of dance workshop. So yeah, it's really great to reconnect with her. And so I think we could start by talking about your sort of dance journey as I know you started as a kid and Mm -hmm. kind of your dance journey and how your, maybe your perspective on dance changed over the years. Anything you'd like to share? Oh, sure. I, uh, I started to dance when I was four years old and uh, I'm now 64. (laughs) Uh, I was, uh, I started tap and ballet and majorettes. My, I was very shy. And my brothers were convinced I'd never make it. I'd never make it in grade one yeah. unless I got over my shyness. <laughs> I'd never make it in school. And I have no idea how I wound up in at Mrs. Balzer's dance school, but I did. Uh, I can munch in New Brunswick. And uh, so I took uh, took my I had my introduction to percussive uh, dance with her. And uh, a couple of years later, I was down to the Highland Games in Antigonish, my cousin for dancing. And I became enthralled with Highland, Highland dance. And, uh, and, and I created my own Highland fling by watch, just by watching my cousins. And uh, my parents knew they had to find someone. And they did a, a woman who at that time was a high school student and taking a few students. So that was where I started Highland. So I was on a competitive stream for a number of years uh, as, as a Highland dancer. And uh, eventually received my, uh, my teacher's qualifications in Highland. And um, uh, as an adult, taught competitive dancers um, uh, in, in Moncton uh, and wherever I lived, because I worked in, in Ottawa and, uh, and in Regina, Saskatchewan. And uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed um, the, the competitive world when I was in it, and, and, uh, and as, as all competitive dancers are, we're, we're driven 
uh, we're, we're, we're driven by that sometimes turns into this relentless pursuit of perfection, but, uh, uh, but uh, there, there's, there's a certain, there's a certain compulsion in, 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 uh, in competitive dance that at a certain point in your life just really works for you. And uh, uh, something, uh, and we can go into it in, in a bit of detail if you'd like later, but uh, I had a, a life changing situation in 1986 and I stepped away from dance and came back to it, not on the competitive side. Uh, I, I came back to dance through actually through the Irish side, the Irish social side, Irish Cayley, and then later set dancing. And within that, uh, that context moved into um, Irish traditional step, the old style step, and ultimately Shanos. So that's, that's the journey. I teach, I went from teaching, uh, I, I've been teaching dance since I was about 15. <laughs> and so most of my life I've been teaching people to dance. Uh, and, and I fully expected that to be on my tombstone. She taught me to dance. She taught people to dance. Um, but uh, I, uh, when I made the switch to the Irish social side, I also made the decision to teach, to specialize in adults. And not, not for, for competitive purposes, but, for, but to, to make dance available, accessible, enjoyable for individuals who had perhaps never danced before, would want to dance, but never had the opportunity. Or we're, we're working through um, attitudes towards themselves in dance have been planted by others. Oh, who do you think you are? You have two left feet. Why? And, uh, and this is my tribe. These, these are the people. Uh, these, are the, these are the people I, I so enjoy opening up the world of, of dance to and, uh, and, and, helping them, and helping them find that part of themselves. For me, dance, Dance is a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a birthright. For me, dance is a birthright. It's like, it's like singing. You find that same phenomenon in singing. Uh, there will always be someone in your choir with a beautiful soaring soprano. Yes, there will. <laughs> That's a given. But it doesn't mean you can't be contributing your voice. Not whatsoever. We all have a voice to bring to a choir. We all have a place to dance, we all have a reason and ability, and there's a dance form and for all of us. I, I sing in community choirs, and that's why I have also, I've also sung in in um, in audition choirs. Very two two very different worlds. One is much more stressful than the other, but the community choirs where every voice is welcome, and every sound you make is welcome, and that's what I and that's the route I've I I've taken with my my dance teaching in the, in the post-1986. Post everyone is welcome and everyone has something to bring to, to the community um, that, that we create. That's so lovely. I, that's kind of along the lines of kind of what I'm trying to do with the podcast is everyone has their own, it's more about like the story, but everyone has their own story about their body and but just their own personal story, you know, and it all mm -hmm. deserves to be heard. Um, and I really love that you're focusing on adults um, or you enjoy teaching them maybe more. I wonder if 
is that because that competitive aspect isn't as much there and there's not as much pressure or something? Um, there will always be dance schools. There will always be places where you can learn to dance and build beautiful skill and condition. Um, but our culture seems to focus on dance as something that belongs to individuals at an earlier stage of their lives. Kids go to dance schools. Teenagers will go to dance schools. Then they go to university and they may or may not keep it up. And, um, and then it seems to end. Yes. Um, for so many of them. Um, and people say, well, I used to dance. Yeah. I really liked it. I haven't danced for a while. Um, and I, I, what I and others try to do is offer that, that sort of that second stage of that, that opportunity perhaps you never had, want to have. I have a lot of people who were dancers and come back to dance, uh, dancers in other forms, or will they'll, they'll dance with me, but they'll do other forms of dance too, and dance becomes this is this is their 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 new social life or an extension uh, of, of, of an already rich life, and and I and I also believe that dance is something you can do for the duration of your life, perhaps not the way you danced when you were twelve or thirteen. Right, that's what I was going to kind of ask next. Actually, is how how has your you know your the demands on your body would have or what your body can take, mm -hmm. I imagine would change a lot. Mm -hmm. So how did it find, how did you find it adjusting to that? Or did you ever get frustrated with like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Or were you a bit more accepting and you know, I can just do something different now with my body. <laughs> or that's a tough question. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, I, I, I'd like, I'd like to suggest I, I'm, I've been, I was, I've been sanguine during the transition. <laughs> Right. of an aging body and I, I, I but I, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be telling the truth. Um, right. the uh, the thing the thing with uh, thing with dancers is uh, is that your body betrays you. With time your body betrays you. And uh, and you have you, you have choices. You can stop uh, or you can adjust and adapt to to the range of ability um, that you have now. For example, I lost the spring in my feet when I was in my 40s. I metatarsalgia. I cannot lift out of the floor. Nothing made me happier as a younger dancer than that, that sense of flying as a dancer. Um, but I can't. And what it did do, oddly enough, uh, was that it made me a better Irish set dancer because suddenly I wasn't the bouncy dancer on the floor. Not suddenly, over time, I wasn't the bouncy dancer on the floor. I was down into the floor and I, 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 it helped me switch, do it, make a necessary switch from, from lift to bringing my weight down and bringing me closer to the floor and bringing my heels close to the floor. And then once that happened, then I was battering and then I was back on route to becoming a percussive dancer I was finding my I was getting grounded again after so many years of as I said of flying or right. you know, 
That's really interesting that you can, yeah, maybe find enjoyment in different aspects of the dance. Whereas before it was that lightness off the ground, which I, I can understand, mm -hmm. but even, I mean, I'm 27, but even I noticed a difference from say five years ago, I can't get off the floor as much, you know, you just start to kind of, um, and maybe it's cause I haven't been training in that competitive style as much now, but, um, yeah, that's nice that you can kind of find other aspects to be like, I'm going to really focus on this and my body feels different, but it's not necessarily a bad difference. It's just different. And yes, it's, it's not, you're not minimizing what you can do. You're, you're taking a different direction and expanding it in that direction. Yeah. Now, do you find that you, I'm sure. It I also have bunions, but those are inherited. They, <laughs> <laughs> you can't blame dance for that. I can't blame dance for that. <laughs> right. Um, I was going to ask, have you found that you enjoy dance more or did you always enjoyed it as a kid? You've always enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy dance. Every, every aspect, every phase of my life has had dance. Mm. So I, I don't really know what it was like to not dance. Right. Um, when I, there was a point uh, in, in my life where I had to take a couple of years off from dance, that was the hardest part. Right. Uh, and it was only by getting back into dance where I, I, I felt I'd come back home to myself and I had, come, come, I had rediscovered you know, life again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I personally, I've really enjoyed the older dancers that I've watched. I just find that they, They've just lived so much more life and I think they're a mm -hmm. lot more comfortable with who they are. And I find that they're like the way they express themselves. It's, it's a lot more honest and genuine. And I remember like watching you in Montreal and a few of the other older dancers and just mm -hmm. being like, I hope to get to that place of, I know who I am. This is what I can do and not shying away from it. I don't know. It's mm -hmm. something really special, I think. Yeah. And it, and that's, that's the process of, of getting older where you, 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 it's, 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 it's a process, a constant process of self-discovery right? and becoming comfortable with yourself, who you are, what you do, how you do it, and ultimately caring less about whatever yeah. else anyone could think. Yeah. They are welcome to their opinion. Right. I love that. I mean, I think especially now with like social media, that whole comparing thing is even, it's even a step up than maybe it was when you were younger and you compare each other in the studio maybe, but now it's you're comparing yourself to dancers all around the world or just people all around the world, yeah. their bodies and what they can do and, mm -hmm. oh, they get their kick that high. And it's, it's really tough, I think for, you it know, has, it has to be tough. Yeah. Um, I, I, I came from a small, a smaller community. We didn't have beautifully equipped dance studios. Uh, you you danced wherever the floor was best, and that could be a church hall or a community hall. But a nice springy wooden floor, and there were no mirrors. Um, and uh, you danced in shorts and tops, and uh, and you. And the only feedback I got was from the Paul mirror at home when I was working on something, one of those long, narrow you know, mirrors. Uh, if I want to you know, get my certain positions and heel turned around, I want to make sure how close the shedding was. Um, and I didn't start teaching. I didn't start teaching in a fully equipped studio until I was actually about your age. And um, 
And that was the first time I encountered, uh, well, I was teaching teenagers, competitive island dancers, getting ready for competition, getting, and these were oh, hungry, hungry dancers who wanted medals and trophies and championships, right? That's, that's the stage you're at. I know that stage, I lived it, I loved it. Um, and they were in front of mirrors wearing Lycra. And I saw that, this was the early 80s, and I saw that phenomenon of you know, going up to the mirror and you know, pinching yourself in the wish where we all have some weight. <laughs> There's always a role there, a small role. And they, oh, I'm so fat. Oh, I'm so fat. fat. You fat here? I'm fat here. And I, I don't think we knew at the time what to do. I blame myself that perhaps I was pushing them too hard or... And expectations were were mm. uh, unrealistic. Was was I was I responsible for this? I didn't know what it was, but I was I was uncomfortable with it. Uh, now now we do, and I and I know teachers are much more cognizant when they when they see the beginnings of, of uh, body dysmorphia. I think yes. that's that term. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and I, I think they step in much more effectively than we than we were able to. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. That's that would be hard though as a teacher feeling like yeah helpless. Like how do I help these young girls understand that you know their body's fine just the way it is? But it's just so hard to it's just hard to handle that. I think. Mm-hmm. Know what to know what to do, and there's no one teaching you you know, when you get your teaching certification, it's the same with the Irish dance one that I'm working toward. I, mm-hmm. I don't think they cover mental health or body image. They cover, these are the steps. This is what you need to know how to teach. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that uh, this is information and knowledge that you get from talking to other teachers and teachers from other, other disciplines like ballet, where it's, it's, it's always been much more pronounced and perhaps more common yeah yeah for sure i think it's something that's maybe lacking a bit still in yeah in the dance world in general could be talking i think we should all be talking about it yes so here we are talking about it (laughs) here we are talking about it (laughs) (laughs) um okay so if you would like i would um be interested to hear more about um you said after you turned 30 i know you went through a difficult time you were yeah diagnosed with well you can tell um, yeah. If you, uh, yeah. And 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 this is not something I talked about very much. I, I this is not a story I tell. Really, um, I'm telling it to you, and obviously to anyone anyone who's listening. Um, but when I was 30, I was uh, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and I had I, it came after the after what they call in in, uh, in that condition an attack. Um, it's the one and only attack I've ever had, and um, and when I went, uh, went into to my doctor to get uh, the news, uh, and um, the test came back, and they were indicative of high likelihood of, of uh, multiple sclerosis. The first words out of my mouth were, "But I'm a dancer." <laughs> right. As if now, what do I do? Um, and uh, I had uh, um, the 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 results of this attack um, uh, were were several. One of them was I lo- I lost my balance. I could not jump up and down on one foot. I could not elevate. 
Wow. Uh, I could not land on one lift and land on one foot. Uh, um, I was walking funny. Um, I had intense fatigue, and that's characteristic of MS, intense fatigue. And uh, on top of that, again, this is common with neurological conditions, a mental fog, where you're just, you're, you're just, you just don't think as clearly and as quickly, and the words don't come to you. And I was in public relations, right. <laughs> a writer, communications. And in at that point, I was living in Toronto, and uh, I was working with one of the country's largest corporations, major corporation. So it, um, I was fully two years getting over it, really, in retrospect, uh, getting over it uh, physically, recovering physically, and, and reconciling myself to this unknown future, because you don't know um, what direction this is going to take. Will I be in a wheelchair when I'm 40? Uh, what will I look like when I'm my age, age I am now? Uh, and it's only with time that you, you see what path it will take. And I have been immensely fortunate, uh, and I am immensely fortunate. And I tell myself every day how fortunate I am to have a, 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 what is really a relatively benign case of, um, of multiple sclerosis. It's not the progressive version. I know, and I, and I know listeners will know someone who has the progressive version and they know what that's like. So, um, so I'm not on med, I've never taken medication, uh, except in 86. And, uh, but, um, uh, what I, but I did step away from dance for a couple of years because I was, I was just, I was shattered <laughs> all fronts. Uh, and uh, I was living in Toronto at the time, as I said, and a girlfriend of mine um, saw an ad for Irish Cayley dance lessons at the Irish club that they had in Toronto at the time. They had a lovely facility at the time. And she wanted me to go along with her. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, and and I, I arrived there and, and got into, I'm sure it was the Siege of Venice or... <laughs> of those daily dances and and it was it was one of those epiphany moments i was back i was dancing again i wasn't dancing the way i had been because i was still still recovering but i had some i had my balance back i had my lift done back in the days i still had lift in my, in my feet uh i still had my coordination which was which is a concern to me, and uh, and I was dancing with people who love to dance, and I was I was with my tribe again. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there were people who had danced as, uh, in younger years and were um, now simply dancing for fun. There were people who had never danced before or danced very little, or folks who learned their sevens and threes in school, and but we were we were together in in, in community. Uh, my girlfriend didn't come back after the uh, first class. I kept on going. Right. And uh, so I, uh, so I, I um, we did Kaylee dancing for several years, and eventually, this was this was when the sets were become, were getting being revived. Uh, eventually, someone came back from a trip overseas, trip back home with uh, with uh, a couple of books, 
and a couple of videos they'd taken. And we started learning the sets. And what I found with the sets, uh, because the, 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 the consistent dancing was building my, my balance back, my confidence in my balance back, uh, and my coordination was, was, was improving because of the, of, the, of the regular dancing. That's what dance does. That's why dance is so important. Yeah. What I found with the sets, because uh, I had never done, I'd always done solo dancing, danced in a group before. Um, but in set dancing, if you zig when you zag, we should have zagged. I mean, there are seven other, several, no, there's upwards of seven other people who can be affected by that. So you, you, you go in the right place. And I found because the, the sets were, were, were pattern-based and mathematical, uh, it, was, it was an intellectual, or, or, the exercise, so it wasn't a challenge, it was an intellectual exercise. And uh, now I can't prove it. I was never studied. There's no, there's no uh, uh, journal with, with you know, uh, of, of anyone having uh, done work on people like me and people like me, but I can tell you from living in this body <laughs> uh, that uh, getting back to dance is what uh, accelerated my recovery and physically, and it lifted and continues, whenever I have issues with it, continues to lift that brain fog and got me, uh, whether it carved new neural pathways or it just, it just made things work again. That's, uh, I, I credit all that to dance. What an amazing story. Mm -hmm. I mm. wonder as well if with the, because you have a partner, did that help maybe at the start because you had someone to kind of lean on for part of it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's so, I know there's been a few studies um, with, I know people with Parkinson's, there have been a few studies of set dancing. Yes, yes. Uh, dance with Parkinson's with set dancing. Uh, um, tango is very good for uh, a few Parkinson's and with individuals with Alzheimer's because it's close contact. Amazing though. I mean, you found a new community, you know, we're moving you you know or socializing like it's it's like it's ticking all the boxes for like things that are good for you your mental wellness your physical wellness like amazing and i chose not to go back to teaching competitive dance i i, I made this my my own journey um and uh so i did leave that part of my life behind um but what but the door that opened for me uh, was, was equal as enriching and I've made it my own. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. I think I'm, mm -hmm. I can understand the, yeah, the whole competitive side. It was a big part of my life growing up and now I'm kind of at a point where I have to, I don't have to decide, but soon I, I do want to decide, do I want to continue, you know, teaching that competitive style or kind of go down and kind of make my own path as well. So yes, it's a good yes. decision, especially when it's something you grew up around and it's like a big part of you or something you're close to and you understand it and you so yeah I and you know it you know it it's a body of knowledge yeah. a deep well of knowledge and you know it yeah yes right um and so much so much is invested you invest yes. much of your time yes mm -hmm. and I I really commend you and anyone who kind of makes their own path and breaks. There's nothing wrong with staying in mm -hmm. the path that you knew, but I think I really commend people for kind of carving your own path. That's very mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, so do you, so what symptoms would you deal with like on a daily basis now, or do you feel like you, you don't anymore? Oh, oh, I do. I, uh, it's uh, for me, it's, um, it's fatigue. And okay. that, that's the, that's the most common of the, of the MS symptoms. So, um, and again, you wouldn't know by looking at me, there's anything wrong. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, that's why I keep saying I'm so immensely fortunate. I know that. Um, right. but, but, uh, I live in the body so I can tell you on a day to day basis how I'm doing, uh, the, the fatigue, I work to manage the fatigue. Uh, so I, I got off the, uh, the corporate, um, treadmill, if you will, uh, hamster wheel, if you will, uh, back when I was about 45, I started my own business, uh, for a couple of reasons, but one of them, most particularly, I want to be able to manage my time and my energy levels. So that if I needed to take a nap at you know, two o'clock in the afternoon for half an hour, I could. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I also uh, wanted to, and this is more personal, had less to do with, with the, the, the condition, but I wanted to, to work on projects that spoke to me as, as, a, as a writer. I wanted to work with, uh, with initiatives and, and uh, opportunities mostly within the not-for-profit sector where such good work is, is done and life-changing work is done and community building is done. Uh, so I, I developed a specialty in writing for fund development, writing, writing materials that would help um, not-for-profit organizations raise money to, to do what they do so well. Yeah, so I've, uh, so I've uh, had that business for a number of years uh, and I, uh, I also have um, branched out into projects with organizations like uh, like Dance Nova Scotia, and one of them, I one project particularly proud of, I, I started 2015, I think. It was a uh, something we called Dance for Health, and it uh, started off as as a program to uh, help dance teachers from any any discipline modify, adapt, switch up their, their discipline, which could go from ballet to, to, to belly dance, um, so they could teach older adults, not necessarily, initial thinking wasn't necessarily adults with, with chronic conditions, but people who want to stay healthy as long as they can, uh, healthy, alert, social, um, and, uh, so we have, we have done that over the last number of years, offered, offered, uh, workshops just in that aspects of working with, with the older body, building our own knowledge of the changes that, that come, that come with time and, and how to, how to modify what you do. Um, not only the technique, but in the way you teach the class and your expectations of a class of older adults. Um, because they're not competitive anymore, <laughs> but they're there because it's fun and you make it fun. Right. And I, yeah. and I imagine that would maybe trickle down to like how they feel about themselves and their body as well. And maybe learning to accept an aging body as well. You know, it's never, it's never just dance. I've always found like the lessons that you learn in a dance studio, it never stops there. You learn like working hard and confidence or whatever it is. It always trickles down. So I could see that like that people would learn 
yeah, maybe to be more okay with aging because my mom, actually all my mom, my mom's a gerontologist. And so oh, all her work okay. with, yeah. And she also takes Irish dance classes herself as an adult. Um, and so she's taught me a good bit about aging. And I think there's a real fear of aging and, you know, anti-wrinkle creams. And there's all these like, like you're, we're going to get wrinkles. You can't prevent wrinkles and you can't prevent your body from aging. Like in my mind, I'll be lucky. Like mm -hmm. I want to, I want to live to a hundred. That's like my goal. So, um, <sighs> but I'm also, I've also never experienced being an older adult. So maybe it'll be different, but I just think there's a real fear of it. So, um, I, I this is all just to say that I, I would imagine that with your dance for health program that you're starting or working on or have been working on that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really helpful for people more than just the dancing as well. Well, yes, because, um, dance is one of those things. It's, it's, it's part of our culture that dance is something young people do. Right. But the, but the, the, the evidence is it's, it's indisputable. It dance has obviously physical benefits. Yeah. Cognitive benefits because you ha you can't dance and not think. Right. You can walk them all and not think. Right. Um, <laughs> but you can't dance without engaging your brain. And, and no matter what style of dance you do, if you get people together to dance, it's social and social and social contact is so absolutely critical to mental well-being as you as you age. And it's very easy. For older adults to to for your world to get for the world to get smaller and and, and for the contacts to become more and more limited uh, and you need something to get you out uh, yeah. and uh, and if you're if you're mobile dance is ideal and now we're realizing that you know, of course if you're less mobile you can still dance there, yeah. there's, there's that whole body, the whole body of knowledge on chair dance that uh, is uh, that now you can do. You don't have to go into a to the, to to a, a long-term care facility to teach the class. You can teach it over Zoom, just as you and I are chatting right now. Yeah, um, it's 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 all it's all wonderfully accessible. Uh, we're we're hoping to. We're waiting for our word on funding from a from a federal program here in Canada, but for a program for Dance Nova Scotia, uh, for for Dance for Health and within Dance Nova Scotia. Uh, to reach out to individuals who are isolated um, uh, in terms of geography, because we are uh, we, have, uh, we are a rural province with one major city, uh, or isolated at home for various reasons, whether you're a caregiver or the world has shrunk for various reasons, uh, and so we can reach them uh, across the province through or through uh, through Zoom delivered uh, chair dance. Yeah. So cool. Mm -hmm. I think I think you make a really good point that I want to go back to, which is this idea that dance is for the youth. And I, I think it goes further than that. I think it's that, you know, you know, we just have such a focus on young bodies and youth. And I'm thinking of media and what do we see, you know, models modeling clothes. It's it's young people. Not not always. Obviously, people are starting to break that. But it's this focus on youth in our society that holds people back from doing things like dancing that they think they couldn't do. And I'm wondering, did you ever face any like criticism yourself or that you heard of people saying, did people ever, ever criticize you for dancing as an older adult or? Not to my face. They may well have. <laughs> and I'd be delighted to engage them in a, in a conversation about that. Right. Um, yeah. 
I, I am conscious uh, because I, I still perform. Um, and I am conscious, as I think we all are, of anyone saying, well, she used to be better. You should have seen her a few years ago. And uh, so for me, it's, it's a year by year thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, if I can dance at top tick, I will perform. If I sense that I'm not able to, to be that person, to be that performer, not necessarily a dancer, but that performer, that's different, uh, I will gracefully step, step back. Because uh, I have seen, I have seen dancers perform who, I, I was just a guy, well, who, who were past their prime. Um, and it makes made me very sad. I saw, I saw Rudolf Nureyev dance uh, at, when he was past his prime. And I wish I hadn't. Right, really, okay. Yeah, I wanted to remember him in his, in his, in his days of greatness, of course, so he, he wasn't. Right. You know. I mean, I'm sure you still, you could still appreciate him, but it's just because you have a oh, yes. standard to compare yeah. to. Yeah, so I don't I don't want someone to to say that about me. Uh, I will I will continue to dance as long as I can dance and as long as I am able to. Because for for all the reasons we've discussed, but performance is a slightly different consideration. I can understand yeah. that because you're putting yourself out there for people to you know you're entertaining someone or you're you know they yeah. may be paying to see it or yeah I understand that. Yeah, and uh, there's pride involved, isn't there? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is all really, really interesting stuff. Um, I suppose we kind of could cover a bit of body image. Again, if you don't want to share any of this, we can just. Sure. Yeah. Anything just mm -hmm. as a kid, did you ever struggle with body image um, and kind of how did that change going up at, to an adult? I think, um, well, you know, the lighter, lighter you are, the higher you fly. <laughs> the, the less you weigh, the higher you go, right? It's, it's just easier to elevate. When you're in an elevated dance form, it's uh, that it's a, it's a matter of physics, a matter of dancer physics. Right. Isn't it? But you have to have strength as well. And like strength. I think, yeah, right, which muscle and things like that. But yeah, I think that was something that I got into with my mindset, and it became really damaging. Was if I lose a few pounds, can I? So, anyways, I I would push back against that a bit, but I I understand that physics, like you know, that makes sense, but. Your mental health is important too. So anyway. Oh, absolutely. So it's it's a it's a very easy it's a very easy path to go down, isn't yes. it? I think I was uh, perhaps less influenced because, as I said earlier, I didn't grow up looking at myself in a mirror, in lycra, in a mirror where everything is seen. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wonder the extent to which this the, the design of dance studios. It's, it's it's so very necessary, I know. Yeah. But I wonder the, the extent to which the design of the dance studio might might contribute to that. What what's on my mind is that the studio we worked in in Montreal last year had mirrors on two walls, but they had curtains. They had the black curtains because they used it as a black box space for creation performance. But they kept those curtains closed most of the time. And I thought that is a good idea. Right. If, I, I think I think all dance studios should have curtains you can pull over the mirror, so you can focus on the dance. Yeah. Well, pull the curtain back so you can focus on the technique. 
But I, what I was finding in competitive dance was that we were becoming technique driven because you could see, you could see every mistake, every, every opportunity for, for, for better execution for the, and it all feeds into that wonderful relentless pursuit of perfection. Um, but what I was, what I was finding in my Highland dance, towards the end of my Highland dancing days, my Highland dancing teaching was, I was wondering that the girls were, I and mean, they were mostly girls. There were some, some gentlemen, some gentlemen dancing, but mostly were teenage girls I was dealing with. They, uh, the, the, there was a uh, there was a, a, a sameness, uh, a consistency, a consistent look coming into the dance, yes. uh, which uh, was very beautiful. These girls were so well conditioned, but there was a part of me, and this is personal; it has nothing to do with anyone else. Um, but I was wondering where the dance was. So there's a balance there, of course, between the physical, the physical perfection, and the artistry. And uh, this was in the days of Highland dancing before choreography. Choreography was just coming in. That's been the outlet for so many of them, for all the schools. Where we, that's where the artistry comes forth now. But I didn't have that then. Right. It wasn't an option open to me. So I, we, were, we, uh, we were doing set dances with steps that were in the book, <laughs> uh, done to, 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 uh, to judge, to adjudicate at levels. And uh, you do get that that commonality, um, a sameness, uniformity. very beautiful sameness by uniformity. Yes. Yeah, I think. And I'm all about looking for the dance because the dance actually it ultimately comes from within, isn't it? It's the it's your soul speaking through through the body. Yeah, I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I I've had this conversation with a good dance friend there a couple weeks ago about because my my mind first goes to. Well, like river dance, but also like the Rockettes. You think of like the production, oh, yeah. and they're exactly the same. And like, there's something amazing about the way that looks aesthetically. Mm -hmm. But there's something also taken away, which is there's not individuality, and there's not maybe that individual mm -hmm. expression apart from maybe on your face a bit. But there's no room for like different bodies and different styles and different, you know. So mm -hmm. it's still dance. Sure different kind of dance sure yeah so yeah. yeah i think it's an interesting conversation and something to think about like yeah i like the idea of this like the soul because mm -hmm. it's your body is like so it's just us and i don't know i could get really into this but like your body is you and dance is so you're so vulnerable i think you're putting your entire body out there that's how i've always felt so i yeah yes and and i and i didn't make that final transition Maybe it's not final, but that that transition in the in the journey <clears throat> until I discovered Chanos, because Chanos, of course, I mean, while there there is a, there is a, a framework to it and and and, it's, and an aesthetic to it, of course, um, it is at its best improvised dance, improvised percussive dance, and it wasn't until I made that mental transition that I, I found the place where I, I really kind of want to stay from here on um from here on in i i i'm feeling immensely comfortable in that in that in that shallow space um because I, i'm at the point and this, this, this 
this is like like going on. I'm at the point where I, I I don't I don't want to dance other people's steps anymore, and I don't want to dance other people's styles anymore. Right. Um. I this at this point and for how much whatever time is left, uh, I I want to. I want to finally start digging down and discovering more of, of what's inside me and see if I can, if I can uh, relay it through, uh, through percussive dance. That's really cool. Yeah. Especially after, yeah, for so many years, you, like you said, you did other people's steps and now you're just kind of in a different, you know, maybe, you know, part of your life where you're like, I want to figure out what exactly I want to, do and what I want to express and yeah yes yeah I, I I'd never taken contemporary dance uh, I think if you've gone the contemporary route that that uh, that perspective may have my had I gone that contemporary route that perspective might have revealed itself that earlier in life but you know like you know, life goes on as life goes on yeah yeah mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing all of this um is there anything else? Um, we'll do a few like quick questions at the end I've been doing, but is there anything else you want to share about kind of just your thoughts about bodies or dance or health or anything along those lines? Hmm. Um, I think the, the dancers, uh, I'll go back to the competitive side uh, and, uh, and say I, the competitive dancers are, are so much better trained now than uh, when I was dancing. Yeah. Um, I had this conversation with a couple of old Highland dancers last summer and uh, it's just, it's just the nature of the evolution of the dance style and they, they're engaging in, in cross training. Uh, they're doing, uh, they're, they're engaging in visualization, core training, they're dancing better and they're dancing longer. Yeah, because um, it used to be that you, you stop dancing, you know, competitive dancing, uh, at eighteen, nineteen. Someone who was still dancing in their early twenties was was uh, remarkable, um, and uh, so I'm pleased to see that. Yeah, um, as I, uh, I, I, it breaks my heart when people injure out, as as young as young dancers. Yeah, and aren't able to continue continue dance or, or have to you know, take, take other routes on their, on their journey. Right. Um, I wish, um, going back to, to, to dance and conditioning, uh, I wish my, uh, I wish I had given my injuries as a young dancer. I wish I'd given my injuries more time to heal because I still, I am, I'm still paying that price. Really? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good lesson for anyone. Miss the competition. <laughs> Don't go. Yes. Yeah. Heal. That's so true. Yes. Heal completely. And yeah. And for anyone, like just look at, like look after mm-hmm. yourself and listen to yes. your body. Cause so often I think, yeah, like when I broke my foot, I wasn't listening to my foot. I was listening to my head being like, you put in all these hours, you're going to go and dance at this competition. And then I did. And I don't know if I have lasting effects. I may. Sometimes I do still feel where it was broken. You know, it feels sore and I, I'm with you. Listen to your body and look after yourself. Yeah. yeah. You may not feel it. No, you may feel it 20 years from now. Yeah. When, when the doctor says, uh, that's arthritis. Did you ever break right. your foot? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 
that's such good advice <laughs> people with one thing is like listen to yourself yeah your body mm -hmm. and and refuse to dance on her surfaces take a stand yeah under no circumstances absolutely yeah. put your foot down that's very true i could have been better about that as well performances you end up in the strangest places when people organize these events and they have the musicians they get the dancers and there's a cement floor and you know and, and and they don't know and that's it and you think well, what what harm can one dance do what harm right yeah that's perfect yeah such good advice thank you um Okay, are you ready for a few, I'm calling these first thing questions. So like first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay, sure. the first few are easy. So TV or movies? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't watch that much TV, um, but I will watch movies on TV, maybe through, through Netflix, yeah. Okay, okay, then yeah. movies, cool. Um, I think I know the answer to this. Okay, you kind of mentioned it earlier, dogs or cats? Dogs. Yeah. I'm a massive dog person as well. One more easy one, chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. I, I'm not a fan of chocolate. Same. Okay, now these are a few more, maybe a little bit harder, just a few questions. Uh, what is the best thing your body allows you to do? Maybe an easy answer. Best thing my body allows me to do? Uh, it allows me to dance. Still allows me to dance. It allows me to sing. I like to sing. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. nice too. Um, where would you travel tomorrow if you could with money not an issue oh uh i i love europe i lived in europe for four years um and i would uh go ahead be specific about where i go in europe because i would go everywhere no. <laughs> i just i just want to okay. i want to get i'd start with ireland and then just keep on going and i'd revisit places i i, I lived and uh, we visit uh, friends i made over there i used to teach uh, the set dance group in brussels every week I drive up from where I was living in Germany and uh, I'd love to see them again too. Yeah. Okay. A big Euro trip. Yeah. Oh, cool. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your favorite type of tune, reel, et cetera, to dance to? Jig. Ah, a jig yeah. lady. Love it. Yeah. I, a jig speaks to my soul. Um, yeah. uh, I, uh, I can, I can get a lovely slow jig. I, I get lost in it. And, and when I'm improvising, I just, it just, it, the jig tells my, it just tells me what to do. I, love I don't that. have to, I don't really have to think. It's, it takes over. That's what you want. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this might be a hard one, so you don't have to answer it. What's the best advice you ever received? Uh, Murphy has a, 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 just this wonderful philosophy. He's one of my best friends. Uh, and he's certainly my set dance mentor. And, um, he has a wonderful way he he doesn't let anything anyone says bother him. So we're not going to worry about that now. We're not going to worry about it. And 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 I and I've learned over the years I'm not going to worry about that. Say they can say what they want. Um, things are out of your control. You carry on and you you uh, uh, and you you you. Do what you believe is right and appropriate at the time. Yeah. So the last question was going to be best advice that you have to give either to your younger self or to others or. I would ask my younger self to stop being so hard on myself. Um, and, uh, and stop treating everything 
as a challenge um, and, and, and as something to be, as something to be won. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, and savor, savor the moment and, and all the richness of the moment more. That's lovely. That's a really nice way to end the interview, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you again so much for being here. Um, if you want to share where people can find you on social media or any um, groups mm -hmm. or anything, yeah. you can share that and I'll also put it in the description. Sure. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, Elizabeth McDonald, the Halifax. There are a few Elizabeth McDonald's. It's, it's in this part of the world. There are many Elizabeth McDonald's. It's a bit like having a, a, an alias. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Eliza Dance. Um, I do post some uh, some dance uh, uh, photos there, but mostly it's my own photography. I like I like yeah, I'm a photographer too, and so you get to see you know, pictures of walks of the dogs and and Halifax and fog and places things like that. Cool. Yeah. Lovely. Um, okay. Well, I think that's all we have for the interview. And thank you again so much for sharing your story. And oh, and thank you for inviting me. I'm uh, I'm. I'm I'm flattered and, and yeah. delighted. Yeah. Oh, thank you again. All right. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And thank you to Elizabeth for being part of the podcast and for sharing her story. Remember, get in touch with any ideas. You can find us on Instagram at Everybody's Podcast. And subscribe, rate, review, and share it with someone if you're enjoying the podcast. Also, if no one has told you today, you and your body are absolutely gorgeous and you're smart and kind and you're just a great special person and on that note i will see you next week